Belize 2019, my queen has me looking like the world's first disabled Hugh Hefner. And a local hustler asked me, hey, does your thing thing still work? My brother bust out laughing, ha ha ha, are you asking a grown man does his dick still work? And the local hustler says, yeah, I'm asking, you're in a wheelchair, does your dick still work? Dog, I am disabled, but... Flies, me ain't a nigga cold as me, ain't another nigga got a swag quite like But hold me. up, hold up, that's the way I feel But hold up, hold up So I guess we'll get right into it Let me explain why I am no longer with the That's The Way I Feel podcast Yo man, I really appreciate the King I really appreciate the Queen the time we had together cannot be replaced. Like, I learned an immense amount of professionalism. I learned how to try to blend what I'm doing, where I'm going, who I am with others. Because I'm well aware at this point of my journey, at this point of my healing, I am so aware that if I get distracted mentally, if I get distracted spiritually, then that's just that's just curtains for me, man. Like right away, negative thoughts come along. After negative thoughts come more symptoms. After more symptoms comes more fears. After more fears come negative thoughts. After negative thoughts come more symptoms, come more fears. I mean, all that just rocks and rolls and keeps going. So the whole reason that the That's The Way I Feel podcast falls apart, and it didn't really fall apart. It's not falling apart. The producer is still there. The two of them are still going strong. The reason why I left, the reason why Kendrick Avant left the podcast is because of creative differences. That's the big deal. I mean, like when we started off, it was myself and the king. We added the queen. That made it two people over three podcasts don't do the wellness things that I do. Another way to put this, two out of three people are always on the same side. They're always taking the medication so they have the same view of how to do things. They both have, neither one of them want to be an entertainment looking type of podcast. I'm all about the entertainment, man. Like every day of our life, every day of my damn life, I'm dealing with multiple sclerosis. Like every day of my life, I have chronic pain. I got all type of symptoms. I blog about life in this lane. I talk about life in this lane. I write about life in this lane. I've authored a book. I have gratitude journal out. I do a lot to express everything that goes on with life in this lane. The lane of primary progressive multiple sclerosis. The lane of chronic illness, the lane of chronic pain, the lane of life without health care. That's the lane I ride in. That's the tribe I vibe with. So when I'm part of a podcast where two out of the three have health care, take medications, and do all that awesome, good, great stuff for them, then that means I'm always the odd man out. Ain't nobody else trying to do a bunch of yoga to make their back feel better like me. They have things that they can take, doctors that they can go see. Whenever their legs are fully constricted, they have medicines that they can take, creams they can go for. They got a therapist to go see. 
They can go to all type of occupational stuff and physical stuff where they work for three hours at a time and all types of awesome, great things. But your boy, me, the multiple sclerosis outlaw, I don't have those options. I don't have any of those alternatives. Everything that I do is going the route of Eastern medicine. I'm on that yoga. I'm on that meditation. I'm on that water. I'm on that tea. I'm on that cannabis. I'm on that CBD. I shouldn't be on the alcohol, but damn it, I'm going to use the alcohol to get through a hard day. If I fall, I don't just reach for some anti-inflammatories or some type of pain pills. When I fall, and I fall quite a bit, that night I'm working extra hard and doing extra yoga because I know that the next morning when that pain really sets in, that's when it is best as a preventative measure that I have done extra yoga to get my body working, stressed out, get those muscles moving, get those muscles warmed up because we all know that you're going to heal a little bit better if you're still moving, mobile, stretching, trying to get your body going. So the options that I have to deal with different types of things, they have these options, but they're not ready to go that route. Because of that, that is the very basic essence of our creative differences, man. That's the very basic essence of our creative differences. I don't want to spend a lot of time talking to neurologists, physiotherapists, physical therapists, primary care physicians. I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about any of that because I cannot afford it. And if I can't afford it, there's no point in me, the multiple sclerosis outlaw, a man without health care, there's no point in me pondering and wondering and hoping and wishing and wanting and praying and posting on Facebook and all this other type of stuff. I'm not going that route. I shouldn't go that route. I'm not about to go that route. So I'm not going to I'm not going to have all those talks with all those type of doctors and everything. My thought to that is that whenever we have a bunch of doctors and as we lean more into doctors, that we simply begin to split ourselves up a bit. I felt like, yo, on all these episodes with doctors, Y'all can rock and roll with the doctors. I will take a back seat. I just won't be on as many episodes of that. And we have other episodes about stuff like the wellness and about things like cannabis. That's when I will step out and shine. But they wanted us all to stay together and to roll in the same way as one unified team on the same route. And I just can't do it, man. I just can't do it because we just don't see eye to eye on so many things. Not only that, but once you talk about the medication, that also leaves a gap in the target audience for us. Because the target audience I'm going to does not use medication, does not pop any pills. The target audience I'm going to is doing their best to be as active as possible, to get things moving, to listen to music, to they pay attention to the movies and TV shows that they watch, because we are all so earthly, so deathly aware. We're so present. We are so omnipresent. Is that even a word that I should use? But yo, we know we've got to keep our minds focused on going in one direction. Because if you spend a bunch of time on everything else, that gets the depression. That gets the negative thoughts. That gets the dark thoughts, the dark emotions. 
You get to wondering why you said this to a spouse. You start wondering why you said that to a kid. You're wondering, do I, am I really this tired? Or am I just feeling sad because people don't pay attention to me? Yo, none of that, none of that are the thoughts and the energy that I want to enter my mind or to exit my lips. I'm not going that route. And for that purpose, those are the creative differences that I'm talking about. From there, I mean, it breaks into smaller things. Because I'm all about the, I'm more about the entertainment, the energy of it. I want to do things like zoom outs, have open invites for people to come in and talk. I want to hear people's actual stories managing this jacked up, fucked up illness. It is invisible as hell, but I want people to manage it, to see how things are going. I want to talk to other people, see what they're doing. And if we're always spending time with the professionals and the doctors and the specialists, then we don't have time to talk to the regular, everyday people who are living this life, thriving beyond all the chronic bullshit associated with multiple sclerosis. You don't even have to have the primary progressive form of it. You can have the simple things like the good old relapsing remitting days. Maybe even the secondary progressive. But either way, man, I just want to hear people's stories. What kind of businesses they start. How do they get their families to come together? How do you explain to your kids if you smoke cannabis that you're smoking cannabis? Because, yo, man, it is 2021. And I feel like everywhere but in the great state of Texas, cannabis is on its way to being legal. Although I will congratulate my state. Clap, 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 because it is legal for us now in Texas. If you have primary progressive multiple sclerosis, I believe even if it goes into the secondary parts. But the essence of the whole rule is that in July, the summer of 2020, Texas made it legal for if you have progressive multiple sclerosis to have access to the medical grade strains of cannabis that are grown here. There's not many. Now, that doesn't mean you can have the flower. Because we're in Texas, so no, I cannot just ride around, rock around with flour, just blaze up joints and just hold blunts and pipes and everything everywhere I go. It's not that open, but at least I can get the medical grade. And when here in Texas, you can't get the flour, you can get the, you can get the oil, but it's not in the vape, it's just the oil, it's like a rub on, and I believe it's the pill that you can get here. Either way, the process is, um... The process involves all type of stuff. I'm going to explain that with y'all. But as th see, this entire story is something that I can't do on other podcasts because some podcasts have to cater to an audience or they're worried about how this may affect employment or how they're worried about how this, I mean, this whole entire discussion on cannabis is just not something I can bring to anybody. As open as I am about my life and about my lifestyle. And as much as I believe in the power of cannabis for everybody else, especially for those of us that have multiple sclerosis, I get it, man. There's a lot of stuff going on with it. There's a lot of um, stereotypes. There's a lot of suspicions. A lot of old, um, basically just old lies about it, man. Like people just aren't educated on cannabis. And because of that, that's where we are right now. That was another element 
for me leaving, that's the way I feel because I want to have big, long, open discussions on cannabis. I want to talk to growers of cannabis. I want to talk to people who smoke cannabis and didn't smoke cannabis. Like, I just want to talk about cannabis. I want to talk about my poetry. I want to talk about all types of things because what I'm bringing you is not just a show about multiple sclerosis. The name of this show is Disabled But. Like, disabled but what else? Disabled but still going. Disabled but still a champion. Disabled but still working. Disabled but still happily married. Disabled but still raising kids. Disabled but, but, but. That's the point of this. I don't want to just get stuck in multiple sclerosis. So I left that podcast for creative differences. And that's why y'all got me now. Solo Dolo, the multiple sclerosis outlaw, busting six shots of wellness at anything and everybody in my path. Holla at your boy. Okay, so I gotta tell y'all about how I met my queen. Because as you're rocking with the Disabled Butt Podcast, you're gonna often hear about me my queen and of course the kids we have a whole family blog where we're discussing how the family juggles and deals with this illness together because yes i have multiple sclerosis i have primary progressive multiple sclerosis i got the brain lesions i have the spinal lesions i have ulcerative colitis i have spondylosis i have irritable bowel disease like i have all types of nonsense that is going on that being the case, I can't act like my squad is not here helping me through all pieces and parts of this. We don't always see eye to eye. We don't always agree on what the thing to do is, what the step to do is. But we absolutely agree that daddy is still here. Daddy is still going. Daddy is still thriving. So as you're rocking with the podcast, learning more about me, when we finally get to Ecuador and you're watching the videos and you're asking us questions like, yo, what the hell made y'all decide to go to Ecuador and take all those kids of yours to Ecuador? So let me get into how I have met my queen and how all of this began to come together. The year is 1997. Yes, your boy is that old. The year is 1997. It is the very first day of college at Sam Houston State University in Nacogdoches, Texas. Now, I grew up in Nacogdoches, Texas. Not a big fan of how I grew up and what I grew up going through there. But, yo, man, that is the hometown. It's not the hometown. That is the home, hometown. Like, that's where my parents still are. That's the home. So, that's it. So, it's 1997. I am there. It is, I'm officially a sophomore in college. Now, this is my third college because when I graduated in 1996, I graduated on a Friday. I am late to school in Arkansas for classes on Monday at 8 o'clock. Man, I graduated on Friday. I'm late to class Monday morning in Arkansas. Graduate in Texas, going to summer school in Arkansas. Because my college scholarship, I got a full ride. I'm going to Fisk University. I'm big in education. 
I'm smart. I know I'm smart. And the whole time I'm growing up and coming through things, I know I'm going to a black college. So I take off, man. I'm late. I arrive at my first college. I get into trouble that very first semester. I meet up with some people. I'm in, man, I'm in this. I'm in the summer school program, dude. And um, in the summer school program that I'm in, right there in Central Arkansas, it is for boys and girls who have made some questionable decisions, have some, have some questionable motives, and need some extra mentorship, especially especially the freshmen. I'm a freshman. I get there. I'm there for that, that, that summertime year. Meet a girl, fall in love, tell Fisk, Yo, I'm not coming here. Plus, I get into some trouble at Fisk. Very first day I show up at Fisk, some things happen. I'm like, yo, I'm out. On the way back, I just stopped in Central Arkansas, enroll right again, boom, take off, and I never go back to Fisk. So I spent my whole freshman in Central Arkansas. When I finally get to SFA in 1997, I am officially a sophomore. And I'm sitting outside. They have a little area. It's like it's like a huge. I think it was called Stain Hall, and it was all. It was all. It was the only girl. It was a big twin dorm, all girls unit. Both both sides, two big twin buildings, girls units. So growing up in Nacogdoches, we always knew that's where the that's where the college girls were. So here I am. I'm a sophomore now. I got in trouble in Central Arkansas. I am now at SFA. I'm living at home. And I'm sitting outside. It's the very first day of school. Classes are tomorrow. I'm not really paying attention, man. I'm sitting out there trying to mac, shoot game, be a player, do what just a young, a young G think he's supposed to do. Get numbers, knock down numbers, hang with the boys, chilling and macking, macking and chilling. Like that's it. So we're there doing our thing, and I'm, I'm there with with. My partner Big, I ain't gonna say his first name. And I got another partner. I got another partner with me named Bobby. Rest in power to the king, Bobby. We lost you quite a few years ago, man. I hate we lost you, but it's Bobby, my homeboy Big. Can't say his last name. I don't want to get him in trouble. And we're out there chilling, man. And um, the favorite drink we used to drink was to take. Was to take. Uh, it was E and J. We took ENJ and we would put Jolly Ranchers, drop those in, into the ENJ bottles, shake it up, shake it up hard. I mean, we would put like four, five, six Jolly Ranchers in there, shake it up hard, and then take turns passing that nonsense back and forth, drinking it straight from the bottle. ENJ, Jolly Ranchers, straight from the bottle, got a 50 pack of Black and Mild cigars in the car. Yo, I'm all the way chilling and macking, macking and chilling. So we're sitting outside and um, my head is done as a work of art. My hair is half side, afroed out. The other side is all twigged up with like the little, like the little micro puffs, you know, like um, afro, afro balls. Half my hair is afro balls the other half is straight up afro maybe it was maybe it's a dread either way it wasn't on point dude i'm out there with the blacks i got my drink i got my hair looking a mess the homeboy bobby is struggling with some dudes he had told me earlier me being the dude that i am i show up to, i show up to help out 
And when I see him, I don't even, I don't even, let me stop lying. I don't show up to help out. I'm on the yard, chilling in Macken, trying to get numbers. I run into Bobby. He tells me what's going on. I tell Bobby, don't worry about it, player. Your boy got your bet. I go to the trunk, pop it open, check out a baseball bet. I keep a baseball bet with me back in the 90s because I don't want to get in trouble with police because I've just gotten in trouble with police in Arkansas, so I know I can't have a gun on me anyway. So I got the baseball bet. So here we are sitting outside. I'm your boy, hair looking a mess, twigged out, had twigged out half, the other half is froed. Um, I got the homeboy Bobby with me, got the homeboy Big with me. We're drinking, got a 50 pack of black, sitting between three of us, doing our thing, man. We watching people come and go, we're having a good time. We're trying to meet people. I'm, we meet some cool people. So many people I'm still in cool with. But at some point that night, there is a queen that comes. She, there is a, a young lady comes downstairs. She's wearing regular clothes and she has on rainbow colored sandals. And I remember thinking when I saw her come out of that stained hall, damn, somebody got some pretty ass feet. She's across the street and I'm thinking she got pretty feet. Ends up being, her name ends up being, um, she would come out, she would let her on become my queen. So her name ends up being Marcherie. I'm out there talking to some other people and I can't stop looking at how pretty her toes are. I'm 19 years old, I'm 18 years old. So I'm on my second college. I told you all I was a sophomore. I'm 18. I don't realize at that point at 18 that I would grow to have a foot fetish. But fuck it. I got multiple sclerosis. No point lying to you. Your boy got a foot fetish. I love pretty toes and stuff like that. She has pretty toes. On top of that, she has on these rainbow colored sandals that bring the attention to her toes. And she has an attitude like, why the hell are you looking at my toes? Dog, I don't know why. Yeah, I do. I knew why they were cute. I didn't know why I thought they were cute. I knew she was cute, but that's how we met. And from there, we now have, it is now, we ended up getting married in 2005. It is now 2021, so we are 16 years in the game of marriage. And it has been a ride that I do not want to end. I have a lot of fun with her, and I've always told my queen. It was as much of a foot fetish that I have for her. And I'm, I'm serious about that, man. I really do. But as much of a fetish as I have for her physical. The reason why I asked her to marry me is she is the first woman I was ever with that I could bring around my family and I could kick it around the homeboys and I could still be with her, just her. So that's it. We're still together 16 years later on our way to Ecuador to show everybody else who has somebody chronically ill, disabled in the family, don't have health care that you can say damn that and go balls to the wall. So what I have really learned from Clubhouse and what I have really learned that is, I mean, tremendously helping out my business is I have learned to really be authentic. You always hear about, you read about, you see all the memes about being authentic, 
finding your tribe, speaking your language, knowing your heart, all of that kind of stuff. Yet when it comes to actually putting that into business practice, man, that can be an entirely new category and concept that you just don't know how to handle. And I've been dealing with that for quite some time. I started out trying to be a real estate agent when I left teaching. I went into insurance. I had my own tutoring business. I went back into insurance. I did apartments type stuff. After that, I started up an independent company where I would just take real estate needs, insurance needs, health insurance needs, babysitting, did all of that. I had a business where I was doing t-shirts and clothing that failed in a couple of months. I mean, like I've been up and down through things, trying to start stuff up, get stuff going. Last year, I dropped not one, not two, but three different ebooks. Last year, I dropped three ebooks and out of all the ebooks that I dropped, all three, I think I sold a total of nine, not nine the first week. Not nine during the first month. I sold a total of nine among those three different ebooks, and I, and now that I'm looking back on it, I got a lot. I mean, not 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 I got a lot. I got to be honest. I think what I have learned is just to be authentic. I was always trying to hide my cannabis usage. I always tried to hide the fact that I wasn't doing the healthcare because I was terrified. That people were going to, I thought that if people really vibe with me, if people really rock the message that I'm talking about, that they're going to believe the message means to quit healthcare, and if they're just grateful that they'll be living and looking and acting just like me. And I didn't want the responsibility because I know this life is not for everybody. This life without healthcare, this life without prescription medications and pain pills and everything else. This shit is not for everybody. And it took me forever to understand that. It took me forever to even get to this point where I can say myself that I'm comfortable here. I'm comfortable having a higher quality of life and a shorter quantity of life. I'm cool with that. I think Drake calls it um, the YOLO, the you only live once. That's a whole different thing when you got a chronic illness and no health care. Because at that point... The decisions you are making absolutely affect the longevity of your life. And so what I have learned this week, just since the last episode, the last first episode, I pretty much I was starting to figure it out. But then these these last two weeks, the authenticism that I'm putting out there is all the way real, man. Like I know I'm not telling people to quit healthcare. I know I'm not telling anybody that. I may simply exemplifying that you can thrive without it. I'm not motivating people to quit healthcare. I am exemplifying. I am inspiring you to thrive if you don't have it. I'm inspiring you to change your perspective if you don't have it. And the way that I've been authentic is number one, I'm offering my first book, If You Can't Get Better, be better. It's on Amazon right now. It is the survivals. It is the survival guide to multiple sclerosis. If you message me, if you DM me on Facebook, if you DM me on Twitter, send me a message on. Uh, send me a message on Instagram. Email me. Comment on the YouTube video because I'm trying to be everywhere at once. 
And if you comment on anything that you want a copy of that free book, yo, man, I'm sending you that book for free. I will email it right to you. I will email you an EPUB. I will email you the PDF. I will email you either one, whichever way you want it. I will slide that to you. It has the nine steps I've taken to get myself better. Last year, I wasn't giving the book out for free because I really thought that this had to be my career, the way of life, the way I make money for the kids. And I was thinking to myself, yo, I can't give away this book. I need money to feed my kids. No way I give away this book. I didn't work so hard to write this book. Now I understand things. I understand that the authenticism. It's hard for me to talk about helping people if I cannot give you the instructions on how to be helped. And the instructions on how to be helped are right there in the book. The nine steps. If you cannot get better, be better. I'm giving that out to people for free now. When I'm on Instagram, when I'm on Facebook, I'm going live so people can see this is not some recorded video of the energy and excitement that I'm talking about, man. I can't fake this smile to pull this stuff up. My feet hurt way too bad to pretend like I'm over here smiling and acting like I'm happy about shit that I'm going through. I really am happy about the shit that I'm going through because I'm going through it. I'm thriving. I'm still going. Then I'm thriving and I go through it some more and I thrive a little bit more. And that is the same energy that I'm bringing to you. And I'm telling you, anybody can improve and get themselves better. And the way that you do it is start with your authenticity. You can get your authenticity through that gratitude journal. But it's time to just be you. You know you can't feel from any cup if yours is not full. You've seen the memes about it everywhere. It's time to just be you. Let them see your smile. Let them see the skin. Let them see your ashy knees. Let them see you. Authenticism. I'm bringing it. I'm loving it. I'm exemplifying it. That's what I have learned this week. That's what I'm going to give to you. Take that authenticism back to your business. Buses in my music, man, them blunts get played. See, I'm the king of my throne. East Texas till I'm gone. I got to always give y'all some wellness tips. Because I can't be the multiple sclerosis outlaw and talk about how I don't do the health care and brag about how I'm trying to make it without the prescription medications and not give you some consistent tips things that I'm doing, strategies that I'm using to get over the chronic pain and to manage all the symptoms. I've told you all about using, you can actually go to your local herb stores and you can get lavender, chamomile, those two herbs, grind those up. You can put those into your indicus and I mean, you will get the sleep you so richly deserve. Lavender and chamomile. I've talked about that before. Another herb you've got to get invested in, you've got to start learning more about, is that if you deal with the chronic stomach issues, I have irritable bowel syndrome, IBS. I also have irritable bowel disease. That is a stronger version of IBS. I also have ulcerative colitis, which is a stronger version of both of those. Because of that, 
I am really big into taking mint. You can take really mint, people. Grind that up and put that into your indicas as well. Now, the reason I'm using indicas instead of sativas when I'm with my herbs is because most of the time when I got the herbs, I'm going through something that's hurting a lot. And for me, the best thing about hurting is going to sleep. Like there's no better thing than to fall asleep in pain and wake up feeling better. I don't want to be awake the whole time waiting to feel better. I want to just go to sleep, which is why I'm so big on using that lavender and chamomile. I put those in with my indica. And if my upset stomach is bothering me, I mean, when you have those stomach cramps, the bubble guts, the gas in the stomach, any type of stomach issues, the bad digestion, all of that, I'm going with mint. I take that, I'm going to grind it up, I'm going to put that into my indica. So I'm using lavender and chamomile in my indica for sleep. I'm using mint in my indicas to help out with the stomach issues, stuff such as bladder issues, bowel issues, gas issues, upset tummy, all that kind of stuff. Have I ever done lavender, chamomile, and just mint? Absolutely. Do I do it when I have cannabis and I just want those? Absolutely. Have I ever taken these herbs and put them in with a sativa instead because I'm trying to keep it hype and keep it going? You goddamn right I do. There's no other way to smoke but knowing why you're smoking. That way you can get the why you're smoking out. So there's a time whenever we got family and friends over here or I just want to be up. And if I got my indicas, that's going to put me to sleep. But if I got my sativas, that's what's going to get me hyped. So if I'm going to get this, if I'm going to have a sativa and I need a herb to keep it going, to keep me hyped, to keep me refreshed, don't tell nobody, but you can tell everybody. Don't tell nobody, but you are allowed to tell everybody. Go for the Damiana. The Damiana I'm using when it's just the queen and I doing some some QT time, just hanging out with ourselves. The Damiana is also something I'm using whenever I'm somewhere in public and I don't want that smell of the cannabis to overpower anything because some places are not okay with you having cannabis, no matter how sick you are. So I'm going to use the cannabis with the Damiana and net that Damiana is strong enough to help throw off the smell of it. I also like to mix up the mint in with the Damiana so if it's daytime and I'm going with the Damiana because I want to stay up a little bit or because I want to keep some fresh, innovative things going with the wife, the Damiana, I'm going to add the mint with that just because the mint helps out with the bubble guts and because the mint absolutely smells good. It's still mint. Like at the end of all the herbs and all the healing and all the great traits, one of the greatest traits about mint is that it's mint, man, it smells good. So when you put that in your J's, when you put that in your sativa, sativa, when you put that in your J's, when you put that in your sativa, when you put that in your indica, I'm telling you, the effect is going to be a refreshing, lighter type of taste and feel in your smoke. And you can use that to stay up, feel better, help out.